Ahlan, my beautifuls. Let's get to the daily spit because you know what could happen to me. You know, I could turn Bruce Banner on everyone. So here is your daily spit. A beautiful face attracts a filter. A beautiful heart attracts a lover. A beautiful character attracts one another. Today's lyrical spit blast from the past was from my Debashi Radio Takedown podcast, episode 28. This was from January 6, 2015. This was pre-studio. I've got a lot better since then and with a lot better audio. Thanks to my studio. I will be right back with Lyrical Spit Blast from the Past. This show was titled Email Rants with a True Pro Wrestling Journeyman, Bob Cook. See you on the other side of the commercial break. Help keep this show free by buying some of our swag of apparel at ButcherSpit.com. We have t-shirts, hoodies, and even baby onesies. That's ButcherSpit.com. Be sure to check out Murky Chronicles drops every Friday. Hosted by yours truly, Theifala, the Butcher Dobashi, and Kenny Roberts. With guests, stories, news on unexplained and bizarre happenings... You can listen on your favorite podcast platforms or just go to lyricalspit.com for the latest shows and links. Welcome. This is Tuesday, January 6, 2015, episode 28. I don't know what happened to the intro, but we just went ahead and ran our commercial ads. This is our first show of 2015. Welcome back, and I hope you all had fun. You know, we don't need an intro to make this thing good. Everyone knows that I'm an HPG champion tournament winner. I'm in the top pro wrestling 500 and pro wrestling illustrated. And I'm a proud member of the world powers. And you know what? And I'm your host of the Boshi's radio takedown. You know, 2015 was pretty good. And we're looking to make 2015 even much more better, bigger and better. There's a lot of stuff that's been happening. The UFC light heavyweight champion, John Jones, he failed his drug test prior to his past weekend's UFC 128 event due to cocaine metabolites. And he has entered rehab. The test results the test results from the Nevada State Athletic Commission director executive director Bob Bennett Jones 21 and 1 in MMA 15 and 1 in USC successfully defended his title for an eighth consecutive time after defeating Daniel Comier 15 and 1 MMA and 4 and 1 UFC record via unanimous decision on January 3rd's pay-per-view event. Jones was uh, randomly tested on December 3rd and the results came back on December 23rd, Bennett said. And the drug test detected 
Bizonacine, I can't even pronounce that word, the primary metabolite of cocaine. As of right now, the the state of uh, the UFC light heavyweight championship is unknown. It doesn't appear that Jones will face suspension as of now, which is particularly troubling concerning punishments within the state for diuretics of marijuana. Hmm, well, did anyone check out the Global Force Wrestling Presents New Japan Wrestle Kingdom 9? I haven't seen it yet, but I'm about to go watch it in the next couple of days. And I saw that AJ Styles uh, Styles clash off the second rope. It looked awesome. Yeah, my pinky finger on my left hand is throbbing. I went and thought I'd save some money. So, uh, you know, I changed my brakes, my real brakes on my car. And you know what? I smashed my damn pinky finger. It's been hurting all freaking day. You know, we can't forget about HPG on February 25th, or actually February 28th. It's going to be a big Susan G. Uh, sponsored event, you know, for breast cancer. And it should be great, you know. And I'm actually going to be back competing. I've been hanging and banging and training hard. I'm healthy. You don't know. Maybe I'll end up winning HPG 6. I believe it's number 6. Well, you know what? Let's go back to the commercials, and we're going to be coming right back soon with the professional wrestling's true journeyman, Bob Cook. He has a lot to say. I love when he goes on his rants. So we'll be back real shortly with Bob Cook. Stay tuned. Did you know you can support this podcast by going to RadioTakedown.com and click on the Amazon link? It's easy to do. See, when you go to our website, RadioTakedown.com, and go to the Amazon link and buy your stuff, this podcast gets a kickback, and it will help keep this podcast free to you listeners. The best thing about it, it doesn't cost you any more money to do it. So please, go to RadioTakedown.com, hit the Amazon link to buy your stuff. There's even an Amazon Canada and an Amazon UK. Thank you for all your support, and that's Radio takedown.com to be a lion you must train with lions go see professor michael proctor at the brazilian jiu-jitsu academy of tacoma for more information go to 253bjj.com or call 253-426-8197 Welcome back. You know, I had an awesome new intro to the show, you know, to start off our first show of 2015. But you know what? This deserves the first super donkey punch of the year. That's to the intro. That deserves an applause. And a huss. 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 One more huss. Huss. Give me a huss, huss. Huss. Okay, well, that's enough goofing around with the controllers. I'd like to introduce one of the greatest uh, persons I know. He's, he's a true gentleman. I love his rants. 
he's been on the show, uh, you know, a few times. Oh, and I just got a, a tweet from Yvonne. It's HPG Pro 7. It's the seventh. Number seven. Okay, I got there, Yvonne. Number seven. But going back, introducing the man who has the greatest rants, and he'll be having his own podcast soon. He's a true professional and a great journeyman. Introduce the one and only Bob Cook. What's up, brother? Hey, not much. How you doing? All doing, doing, you know, just trying to get the first uh, podcast of the year going. I had an awesome uh, uh, intro, but for some reason, it wasn't spitting out no sound. But you know what? That's okay. I'm glad you're on the show. You know, we got, uh, you know, I asked for people to send in emails uh, for you to rant about, and I got about, I got a little bit of emails in, and uh, um, oh, so how was your New Year's? Well, it was uh, worse than ever, but better than before. You know, what was that you were just talking about? Who got busted for cocaine? Oh, John Jones, the light heavyweight champion. Is I it guess all over he, the uh, Yeah, I actually I just read it online that I went to one of these MMA sites, and I guess before the fight he had, uh, you know, took a drug test, and he – tested positive with some kind of stuff there, you know, that's found in cocaine. So I guess he uh, put himself in rehab after the fight. And as of right now, they haven't suspended him from the UFC or nothing like that. But this was, came from the Nevada um, State Athletic Commission. Well, my point is, is that all over the news is Nancy Grace raking it through the mud. Is Nancy Grace blaming Vince McMahon? Is everybody else blaming Vince McMahon because he seems to get blamed for everything? This guy who I've never even heard of because I don't listen to or watch MMA or UFC unless Ronda Rossi or Felice Herrig are sweating. But the point is this. If it was even the jobbers, I said that word, I don't like to use it, but those guys that lost to the Ascension last night on Raw, if even one of those guys were busted for cocaine, it'd be all over the news. It'd be front page news. WWE, everybody who was in their family before or after are going to die because of what Vince McMahon is allowing to happen. And that's who they blame. But this guy is all over the, is it all over the news that this guy got busted for coke, a light heavyweight champion of the UFC? Actually, you know, I see your point. And no, I, I matter of fact, the only reason I found out is because someone posted on my Facebook wall and then, I did. I had to actually go look for research. So yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. I don't see Nancy Grace or any of them ranting about it. Yeah, it's ridiculous because the UFC doesn't necessarily play kids, I guess, what the WWE does. So you know that's probably where they look at it. I don't know who. Maybe they don't. Maybe they don't care about the UFC fighters. I don't. So maybe that's what the deal is. Well, you know what? Let's just matter of fact. I, I just look into these emails. We might as well just get to this first email because it was just. What you're just talking about it is from Jeff Townsend from Las Vegas, Nevada. He goes, "What's your feelings on UFC and John Jones testing positive for cocaine?" <laughs> well, first of all, I don't know who John Jones is. I can't picture what he looks like. I assume if he's a UFC fighter, he's bald, has a lot of tattoos, has a goofy look in his face, bumps all over his head. I could probably picture him. About any UFC fighter there is, right? Pretty much, he's a he's a bald African African American. I don't know if he has any tattoos, but you're right, he's bald. <laughs> well, anyways, yeah, I don't know. I don't watch UFC, but again, I just think 
unless it's some kind of internet hoax again, which there's a lot of those going around, it should be all over the oh, news. Like, it should be raked across the news, everything. You know, UFC should be put under a microscope. They should be demanding everybody gets drug tested right now. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, and I heard that the um, UFC's uh, not doing as much drug testing either. Hmm, doesn't that sound kind of familiar? Well, you know, I personally don't care, you know. Yeah. Well, you, did we you live see in... that? What they're? Did you see what they're doing now? They in New York, they're they're trying to label themselves like sports entertainment, just like Vince McMahon did. You know, I think that was another one of those internet hoax. The internet hoax. I've seen that article, and that's like three or four years ago. Someone dug it up, or I mean, who knows if it's even real? I think UFC would be stupid to do that if it's true, because you're going to have a group of people who watch UFC as opposed to WWE because they think UFC is real, and of course it is, or so it's supposed to be, right? And if he comes out and says that, it's going to damage his company because no matter how much you would tell somebody, no, we just did that to get you know, regulation or regulated in New York, there's always going to be a group of people just go, wow, he said it's not real, I'm not going to watch anymore. It would be a dangerous thing to do. You're always going to have people with doubt oh. in their minds, and some people watch it because they think it's real as opposed to they don't watch wrestling because they don't think it's real. Well, in your opinion, do you think do you think it's a work at any extent? I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm sure it is. I mean, boxing has been proven to be a work over the years. They do what they want to build who they want. And, you know, and the mob was involved back in the old days. They probably still are. Who knows? But I think the mob runs the whole country. I mean, look at the, look at the guy who's running the White House, for God's sake. <laughs> yeah, I guess anything uh anything to do with money, just like I saw the the Dallas Cowboys and uh and uh Detroit Lions game, shoot, that was that looked like it was a work. I don't know yeah, if I mean, you watched any of it. No, see I'm not a sports fan, so if anybody calls uh, and wants to talk about sports, uh hang up on them. Well but, you you would have liked you would have liked that what they did in the Dallas Cowboy locker room, someone before they went out uh, they 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 were doing the Ric Flair limousine, Rylan kissed him in front of a gun, and then he was like, no, "I want two cops and a Rick." What's that? You saw that? Yeah, I saw that. I saw that online. I thought it was cool. Yeah, yeah. But what is the thing about why can't UFC get in uh, New York? What's the thing about that? I think I think what I read that. Basically, they're trying to ban MMA. They they banned it, didn't they, from the state of New York? It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, when that's you think what I read. On, think back in history, some of the greatest, most brutal, most barbaric, most vicious fights in history took place in New York at Madison Square Garden. Muhammad Ali and Joe Frazier, for God's sake, was a war. And they're right. not going to let UFC come in there? And those fights with Ali and Frazier put anything UFC has done ever in the history of the world to shame, complete shame. And they're not going to let UFC come in and have their little games? It doesn't make any sense. What do I know? I well, you know it either way. Plus, well, plus I think it has to do with the, the percentage the commission wants to take. Oh, I well, think you know. they, like, I, I think what was it McMahon said, they, they, they would, if they sell out Madison Square Garden, they get like 10 grand or something like that, the commission themselves. Oh, it's something ridiculous. Yeah, that's a lot. If they sell out their garden, they probably make a pretty good house. They can afford ten grand. They waste that on catering just for uh, the big show, for God's sake. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So tell us a little about your podcast. You'll be coming. Uh, be coming soon. You have a starting date yet? Not yet. 
we're working on all the logistics, as they say, you know, getting the equipment together and all the other things, trying to figure out a name. We just, you know, what we're going to actually do. And I just see that so many people have it, and I have nothing else in my life to do, so I might as well run my mouth. As opposed <laughs> to talking in my brain, sitting around by myself, I could spew my <laughs> rhetoric to the public. Yeah, well, as soon as we got the star date and stuff, we're gonna, we'll blast it all over here. I we'll figure it would keep me going. It would keep me from going insane and possibly making the Nancy Grace show, which would make me come back from the dead. <laughs> Nancy Grace. Wow, what a piece of work. But, uh... Talk about her. We got, well, I brought we, got, we got an email. What's that? I said, I don't want to talk about her, but I'm the one that brought it up. I apologize. Okay. I won't bring it up again. I'm starting to feel sick, but... Let's see, we got, we got some emails. I was emailed to you. Let's see... Let's see, this is for Bob Cook. It goes, uh, oh, before I read this email, let's talk about, did you did you get a chance to watch the, the Wrestle Kingdom 9 from New Japan? No, I didn't. No, I was going to watch it, but then I don't know why. I just, like, was staring at the TV, and I realized, hey, wait a minute, I don't want to watch this. So I didn't watch it. I really didn't know any of the people on the show. I don't follow wrestling in Japan. I mean, I know AJ Styles, and I know yeah, Jeff Jarrett was involved in the awesome, legendary Jim Ross, and... And it was just one of those things, you know, I'm an incredibly lazy person. I mean, I just <laughs> told you 10 minutes ago I got up and, you know, the show wasn't going to air live and it was going to come on at 7 and I didn't get up until like 9.30 at night. I said, the heck with it. Wow. Hey, okay, we got an interesting e- email right here. Bob Turner from Boise, Idaho. says, Bob Cook, last week we heard you ranting on someone not watching WWE anymore because they didn't like how some of the wrestlers were being portrayed. That being said, how do you feel about Lance Storm tweeting that he stopped watching WWE because the new takes team exertion, or however you say that, and um, he thought it was being uh, disrespect to Road Warrior Hawk because he was dead. Yeah, well, if it's true that he's not going to watch it anymore just because of that, well, then Lance Storms falls into that category I like to call the idiot category because why would he quit watching because of that? I posted something about that, too. I thought it was disrespectful. I was a Road Warriors fan. I knew Hawk. I knew Animal. They beat me up a couple times in the ring. Not for real. Guess what? They knew how to work. But the point is this. It was like a five-minute segment of the show. If you're not going to watch again because of that, well, then you are a moron, and I'm saying that, yes, Lance Storm, if he's not watching wrestling anymore, and he's a wrestler, and he likes to commentate about wrestling, what's he going to commentate about? Ring of Honor? That'll put you to sleep in about two seconds. Well, what happened? Was that on last night? I must have missed it. I must have had it went to a bathroom break or something. Right. Were they on last night? Yeah, they came out, and they said whatever they said. They beat up two guys they never heard of, and they went on down the road. And, of course, it was great that JBL stuck up for the Road Warriors and said those guys couldn't carry the Road Warriors' bags or whatever he said. That was great. But I think it's a, their whole act is a clown show. You know, I mean, they, look, they actually look like clowns that didn't finish putting their makeup on. But to go out there, I mean, you don't have to go out there and rag on the Road Warriors or even mention them. If you're, you know, you're going to be negative about it, why even mention them? Why compare them? Why give people a chance to compare them? Why give people who don't even know who the Road Warriors are, which if you're a wrestling fan and you don't know who the Road Warriors are, you're a moron. Because if you're really a fan, if you really love something, you should go back in history and learn about it all. You should find out who Gorgeous George was. Because if it wasn't for Gorgeous George, you people out there, including Lance Storm, who doesn't watch wrestling anymore and probably doesn't listen to wrestling shows, so he's never going to hear this. 
but I'm sure he at least knows who Gorgeous George is. If you really love wrestling, you should learn its history, and you would know who the Royal Warriors are. Then you would go back and watch them and go, holy crap, holy moly, holy crap, these guys were awesome, and these new guys, the Ascension, aren't. Why would you want to compare them and give people a chance to compare them? It doesn't make any sense. But what do I know? Uh, I think, you know, let me tell you what I think is going on. You always hear there's a rift What's between that? Vince and Triple H or as far as, uh, you know, the way that things should be run. You know, he's doing his thing with Nexus, and Vince is doing what he wants with the main show. So when a Nexus guy comes up to the main show, I think Vince is sabotaging the success of that particular potential uh, stardom of these guys, whether it's one guy or two guys. I, I feel bad for that uh, Aaron Neville guy. Aaron Neville, isn't that a singer? Whatever that guy's name is. Uh, what the, What is that guy? Anyway, when he comes up, who knows what yeah, they're yeah, going to do yeah, to him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The point is, it almost looks like Vince purposely sabotages. Now, who knows if it's really his call, but you would just you, you hear about all this backstage baloney. And, and you know, there's no way these guys are ever going to get over doing that, in my opinion. But what do I know? Not to yeah, mention, they look yeah, I heard loud. This. They make them act like fools. And I don't know if I said this on your show or whatever, but I hate characters, especially in 2000. And uh, I had to think for a minute. In 2015, characters would come out there acting like idiots, acting like monsters, acting like they should be in a cage. I mean, I just hate characters like that with a fake voice. And, and then when one guy is like six foot three and out of shape and the other guy's five nine uh, and can't barely even fit into his trunks, you, you don't even look like, you know, you look like low rent road warriors to begin with. Sorry about that. I went crazy. Oh, oh wow. Wow. Hey. But yeah, I do well, believe I that this man is sabotaging the success of anybody from the Nexus. you got to realize when you go to the Nexus show, there's only 400 people there, and they're all the smartest marks in the business, so they think there's no such thing as a smart mark. But, the, and you know, they have their favorites. They think they're part of something special. You know, though there's only 400 of them. They're always there, the same crowd. And so when, you know, you can't get a gauge of how they react on how the you know masses are going to react. Yeah, yeah, I heard there's a lot of tension between uh, the the NXT Triple H and Vance, uh, but I don't know how much it's true. But you know what? You're probably right about the why they did that. You know, maybe Vince is ribbing him. No, I wouldn't be surprised that Vince isn't doing it. Like he's not like saying do this, do that. He's probably calling someone else in the office like, hey, Michael Hayes, come here, I want to tell you something. Make those guys go out there and belittle and berate and call Road Warrior Hawk a joke and just see what happens. Ha, ha, ha. You know, he's not going to say that he did it, but don't tell Triple H I did that. Say it was your idea. Here's an extra thousand dollars. Go drink, you know. Go drink and headbutt somebody like you used to do back in the old days. I know I've been yeah. headbutting when I was drunk. <laughs> well, okay. We got another email here. It says, do you let's see? Okay, Raul Sanchez from Albuquerque, New Mexico. Bob Cook, do you think the new era of pro wrestling will be the Japanese strong style? And what do you think about today's era? And what do you think was the best era? Well, to me, the best era was my childhood era because you're ignorant to the cause back then. You know, everything is different, everything is new, and you're looking at it through the eyes of your youth. So you see everything differently, regardless of what there was, if there was the same flaws the actual product that there are today, you didn't see them when you were a kid. So obviously that's going to be, in my particular opinion, my best favorite era, you know, the seventies, as far as the oh, actual yeah. watching of wrestling, being part of wrestling, it had to be the era I was in, but the seventies was an awesome era for championship wrestling in Florida. And you didn't have all the other shows to compare, you know, you didn't sit there and go, well, Florida was better. That was better. No, that's all you had. So you had to either like it or leave it. And I loved it. So, 
as far as today's wrestling, I think it'll be fine. You know, there's always a, like right now it's having kind of a bump in the road. The ratings are down, interest is down. You seen that crowd last night. If you watched the show, they were dead as dead could be. There was only one match worth watching. That was Bray Wyatt and Ambrose. I don't even understand the end of the show. I mean, with all the boring talk and yapping and Triple H and him throwing their weight around, I don't think it's a good idea. But, you know, I don't run the show either. As far as the Japanese strong style, I don't think I'll ever catch on in America, really. No. Wrestling fans aren't loyal anymore. They don't care, you know. Yeah. Do you think because kayfabe is broken or what? I, mean, I just think, I mean, who knows anymore? And there's so many different choices of entertainment. Most of it's free, you know, and I don't know how that the Japanese shows that uh, channel supposed to air it or something, Axis or something like that. Yeah. I don't okay, know if those guys are another... being as stiff as I heard they are. I don't know. <laughs> okay, I got another one. Tammy Hillman from Seattle, Washington, to CM Punk is getting a lot of publicity. What are your feelings on how he left WWE for UFC, and how do you think he will do there? Do you think his match will be a work? I don't think it'll be a work because if it is, uh, I mean, in the, in the UFC, it actually, you know, there's so many things in the world. So many people who are sitting in the back quiet, you know, they're watching, they're jealous, they're envious, they're all these different things. And if they saw one thing that would, they could have an opening to bring a company down or, or, you know, spew their rhetoric in a positive way towards them, they're going to do it. So it would have to be so secretive to stage something like that to let Punk win. I mean, I don't think they'd take the chance because that would destroy him, don't you think? They bring in this guy, he quits the WWE, comes in there, and, you know, all the fanfare. And it's a lot of negative fanfare, but he's getting a lot of publicity, and they go out there and work the match. I don't think that would be very smart for UFC. Is, is he worth that? Is he worth bringing the whole company down just to let some tattooed freak who looks like he needs his next, his next heroin fixed, and he just came in from mowing the lawn? Does he look like the kind of guy that you should destroy your whole company over? So I think they'll throw him in there, and he'll get beat, or he'll or he'll win. You know, and, but I think it'll be real. I don't want to think you know he's really going to train and, and then go in there and half-ass it. I mean, I don't particularly like the guy. I don't like the way he left WWE or what he did afterwards, but that's my opinion. But I don't think he's going to half-ass it because he knows his reputation's on the line as far as, you know, they signed him, they brought him in, they're probably going to pay him a bunch of money. So he's got to at least give it 100%. And I, I'll be honest with you, I'd like to see him good, do good because I'm a pro wrestler at heart. You know, I don't like what he did to WWE, but I would love to see him go in there and actually win because it gives pro wrestling a right. Everybody thinks pro wrestlers are a joke. They don't even think they're athletes most of the time. And most of them are pretty damn tough guys. Not me, of course. That's why I should shut my mouth. I'm going to get my ass kicked. Seems Lance Storm. Don't tell Lance Storm I said what I said. <laughs> oh, wow. I think I got a Calgary area coat. No, just kidding. Um, <laughs> okay. If we could be serious Tony for a moment. From... What's that? I said if I could be serious for a moment. Oh, yeah. <laughs> wonder if these listeners got what you meant. I know I did. <laughs> okay, Tony Reimer of Dallas, Texas goes, I tried out for pro wrestling training camp. I even played college football. But you know what? Trying to be a professional wrestler was the hardest thing I could ever do. I decided it was not for me, but I still love watching it. How does it make you feel when people find out you're a professional wrestler and then they say, oh, you do that fake stuff? It pisses me off. The outcome might be predetermined, but the moves are real. I know firsthand. Take on that. 
I, when I was wrestling, you know, back when I was in the business, and obviously it was there was the kayfabe era or whatever, and mm-hmm. people would say it was fake. Obviously, you would stick up for wrestling, and and I would never say it was fake. No, I hate that word because it's anything but fake. And I've heard, I've even heard people give their analogy about, well, yes, it is. You know, people who are actually in the business, you know, yes, it is fake because you know it's all predetermined. But the the pain isn't fake. That's the main thing. And they are really great athletes, and you actually do have to learn the moves, even if the other guy's working with you, whatever. I hate when people think it's fake, or even people who use that mentality that, ah, why do you watch? When I was a kid, I used to hear that, you know, why do you watch that stuff? It's all fake. And it's like, right. well, why do you watch anything? Last time I looked, and I maybe, you know, I'm not an expert on anything except drinking Mountain Dew. But the last time I heard, <laughs> Darth Vader is not real, but one of the most famous and one of the most uh, iconic characters in history and one of the most profitable movie franchises in history is Star Wars. But it's not real. Mm-hmm. Or even Rocky Balboa. How about Rocky Balboa, that movie? Uh, Rocky. Right. I think most people – I'll tell you what I think most people who don't like wrestling, what their problem with wrestling is, is that for the most part, outside of the buffoonery and the goofs and the way they actually do the shows, they're portrayed as real, though. I mean, they're not coming out – they're not like saying, okay, Cena's going to fight Brock Lesnar at the Royal Rumble, wink, wink. They're portraying as real, and I think people have a problem with that because they think that – you know, they're trying to pull the wool over. Yeah, come on, they're, they're saying it's real, but it's not. I mean, that's, I think, what most people have a problem with. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. But, I mean, hey, people who aren't fans. Hey. Fans of wrestling just hate it all the way around, so it doesn't really matter. But people who don't watch it, they hate it for other reasons. Yeah. Okay, here's another one. Kim Song from San Francisco, California asks, do you think, what do you think of Lucha Underground? And do you think Lucha Libre will pick up in 2015? I like I love the Lucha Underground show. I think it's very entertaining. It's different. I don't know if it's so much. I mean, it's it's different. I'm, I was never really a huge fan of the actual Lucha Libre, you know, the Mexican wrestling. And when I used to, when I first had the opportunity to get it, you know, like oh, Galavision was back on. You know, those days on that Galavision, I think it was. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh man, I can get this because I had a big satellite. This is years ago. And I thought, oh, I can't wait to watch it. And I'd watch it a couple of times. I was like, yeah. I don't. First of all, I don't know what they're saying. Every match is a six-man tag match, and then I just get bored real easy with it. But I like Lucha Underground. I think a lot of it has to do with the fact, you know, only an hour show, so it flies by. They don't do a whole lot of talk, and I love the the creepy, um, sleazy promoter character. Booker yeah. guy has to be great in his role. I like the the movie style backstage stuff with the music and crap. But I hear yeah, the show struggling yeah. because the ratings are horrible. And again, there you go to wrestling fans. It's got a good vibe. It's got a good uh, uh, reputation. People are liking it, but the ratings are going down. So wrestling well, you know, fans want to suck. They want something new. They I get a, something new, and they don't stick to it. Yeah, you know, I had a conversation with Conan a while back before, you know, this really, you know, uh, went off and, uh, you know, took off the ground and. You know, they were saying that they weren't trying to take over WWF. They wanted to give, uh, you know, a new product out. And I kind of like it because they kind of have, like, kind of like a greedy, like a blood sport feel, you know. They're kind of underground, you know. And, uh, yeah, and they got a lot of great to... athletes. But, you know, I think the problem is, you ever see the commercials? Yeah. The commercials are like you would see like, how would I say, like a UFC channel or something, you know, they're kind of cool, but you see like Kung Fu theater commercials and, 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 
you know, I think some people might be kind of turned off with that. I don't know. Well, you um, know, that network is all that, you know, that Robert Rodriguez is into that grindhouse type style movie making, yeah. you know, with, you know, low budget like stuff. Oh, I think it's great. And I, the only problem, again, I, I don't think it's going to be around long. I heard it costs a lot to produce it. How I don't know, but I heard it costs like two hundred some thousand dollars per episode. I don't know if that's true, but and they're losing money. And this is the again, the, the ratings are like sixteen thousand viewers nationwide at some point. I mean, good lord! Oh wow! I know the network's not a well, real popular network, but it's only you know, it's not a bit. Hasn't well, been around very long. Well, I know it was interesting. I don't know if you saw it in Florida, but did you notice they uh, advertised during Raw? What was that? Did you know last night they they had Lucha Underground commercials during Raw? I didn't notice it. Well, see, I was I was started the show about two hours into it, so I fast forward through all the commercials, so I didn't see it. But that's smart if they Hello? did. Hello. Oh yeah, Hello? yeah, yeah. I th- I thought it was great. Uh, I was like, wow. I said, well, hopefully, you know, they get some of the, you know, get some of the um, viewers, you know. Who knows? We'll see what happens. Was it tomorrow, Wednesday night? Yeah, I think it's yeah. on tomorrow. Well, you know, people are uh, lazy. They go, Del Rey Network? What the hell is the Del Rey Network? I don't even have that on my cable. Then they won't look and see, and then they'll never watch it anyway. Yeah, I never heard of it, and I found it on my cable, DirecTV. Exactly. But, I never yeah, heard of so it everyone... I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I'd never heard of it either, and then I searched on my Comcast Lucha Underground, and it popped up. I go, holy crap, we got the channel and the show. And now yeah. I haven't missed it. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. Unlike Lance Shoot. Storm, who's not going to watch Preston anymore, I haven't missed any of those shows. <laughs> well, he's just not going to watch the well, WWE, that's right. Yeah. And to all the people who are complaining that they put Seth Rollins in the in the match with Cena and Lesnar at the Royal Rumble, why don't you kiss Vince's ass because that was a great idea? Because otherwise, who wants to see Cena against Lesnar again, one-on-one? Throw Rollins in there, at least it'll be a good match. Yeah, that's true, that's Whiners true. Complainers. Hey, uh, Lance Storm, if you're listening, you want to get serious, give us a call, 646. Yeah. Two hundred zero seven zero four. You know hey, what's the sad say, part? We got another. What's that? The sad part is the person who said that Lance Storm said that he's not going to watch a show anymore. Probably Lance said, "I don't." I, he's probably said, "I was thinking about not watching the show anymore." So that guy turned it into he's no. not watching the show anymore. You know how people are. Yeah, but you know what? Not I'm not trying to defend the guy, but I seen the tweet, and that's it was doctored. Uh, you know, and who knows? You know, people get pretty crafty with the internet stuff but he he did it, it, there was a tweet that said it was from landstorm he did actually said that or tweeted that oh, or well, obviously he has a right to do whatever he wants and i mean i'll be honest with you i mean yeah. I, last night's show i thought was horrible for the most part i thought last night's show was horrible and but i'm not going to stop watching because of anything and although i say that but if they came out and started ragging on terry funk i might smash my tv and never talk to him again so there you go <laughs> maybe Landstorm okay. has pictures of Road Warrior Hawk and Animal on his walls at home. I don't know. Maybe he was like a huge fan. He paints his face at night and sneaks into his girlfriend's bedroom. I hope it's his girlfriend or wife. Maybe, with, you know, as Road Warrior Hawk and says, oh, what a rush. And then she looks at him and goes, oh, what a joke. Oh, wow. That, that's true. Okay, here's one. Susan Rain from Los Angeles, California says, do you feel Triple H, uh, do you feel, if Triple H takes over the WWE, will he do a good job? 
And what are the WWE strong points and the weak points, in your opinion? I think he'll do a good job if he doesn't have his hands tied anymore. And I think Vince ties a lot of hands, not just his. As far as the strong points of WWE, the weak points are the writers. The fact I heard they have something like 24 writers or 12 writers. Somebody, I mean, more writers than you usually have if you're going to trial. You don't have that many jury members, for God's sake. What do they really need that? I mean, if they make it a big deal out of nothing. They make it something so simple, you know, as taking the bad guy and the good guy. I don't like you. You don't like me. We're going to fight. That's the simple process of wrestling. And they turn it into this, you know, complicated thing that has to be changed 10 times before the show, five times during the show, you know, all this ridiculous stuff. But the strong suit personally is that you have a lot of young guys that truly love the business. And that's what I've always said when it comes to the fans will cut down everything that's going on in, in wrestling, but they got to realize that the guys that are in there love what they're doing. Every night they wish they could be in the ring. Or on the, when they're on the road, they're thinking about wrestling. When they get to the show, they're thinking about wrestling. When they're laying in the hot tub after the show all sore, they're not complaining about wrestling. They're thinking about the next match and thinking about the match they just had. They have a passion and a love for wrestling, or they wouldn't stick with it because a lot of them don't make as much money as you think they do based on the fact they're on TV and everybody thinks everything's rich and you know, you're famous and you're, everything's, uh, what do you call that, uh, Everything's great, and it's not, but they stick with it because they love it. That's the strong point is you have a lot of guys, most of the guys, that truly love it and enjoy being there, unlike CM Punk or people like that. That's the strong point. The weak point is the writers, and I think Triple H would do fine if he doesn't have his hands cuffed. Now, Stephanie, she's probably got her hands, hands cuffed, but I'd like to see that video. <laughs> well, hey, Bob, we're going we're gonna, to uh, just run our sponsors real quick. And we'll be back. We're going to answer some phone calls, okay? So yep. we'll be right back one minute and ten seconds with phone calls. So you call it on the air, stay on. Did you Especially know you, you can support Wallenbeck. this podcast by going to radiotakedown.com and click on the Amazon link? It's easy to do. See, when you go to our website, radiotakedown.com, and go to the Amazon link and buy your stuff, this podcast gets a kickback, and it will help keep this podcast free to you listeners. The best thing about it, it doesn't cost you any more money to do it. So please, go to RadioTakedown.com, hit the Amazon link to buy your stuff. There's even an Amazon Canada and an Amazon UK. Thank you for all your support, and that's RadioTakedown.com. To be a lion, you must train with lions. Go see Professor Michael Proctor. At the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu Academy of Tacoma. For more information, go to 253-BJJ.com or call 253-426-8197. We are back. This is the Boss's Radio Takedown. We got the pro wrestling true journeyman Bob Cook. And you still with us there? Yep. Right on. Well, guess who we have on the line right here? Guess who we have on the line? Uh, Your biggest fan. (laughs) Your biggest fan, the guy that I don't... What's that? Dave, I guess, right? That's it. The one and only... (laughs) He's the only professional wrestler in the Pacific Northwest that won two gold medals at a legit jiu-jitsu tournament, and is the one and only, the founder 
and the HPG Pro 6 champion, Dave Havoc Hollenbeck. What's up, brother? Hey, guys. How's it going? It's going. It's going. I've been really entertained with the show so far tonight. Hey, um, I was going to say, uh, it's funny, the the Ascension, I guess, is the name of that tag team that was uh, talking the smack on the Road Warriors, right? Right. You know, the funny thing is that, uh, you know, off of that show, what have, what's everybody been talking about? How, how, yeah. uh, you know, how do, we've been talking about them. I mean, they probably wouldn't have gotten talked about at all. Yeah, but, but they're talking about them in a negative light, which is the worst thing you can do for a new team. You should right. be talking to them. Right. I mean, as, uh, maybe, maybe, maybe we're being too critical because maybe Vince or Triple H and them have a plan of setting something up so that somebody, you know, something happens with uh, this. You know, maybe Anil does a appearance, has a tag team, and they go in there and then the fans go crazy and kick their ass or whatever. Sometimes I think we become too critical of pro wrestling and not just let the storylines play out. We become critics too fast. Well, that's possible, but we don't usually think the WWE thinks further ahead than. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, remember when uh, I think it was Kevin Nash took off uh, Ox was it Ox Baker's leg? I'm no, it was Mad Dog Vashon. Mad Dog Vashon, yeah, took off his leg and beat him. I mean, I'm sure that people would have freaked out, you know, freaked out when that happened. But I'm thinking that it's a storyline, you know, and I think that, that, you know, that that's good for them because, you know, no one would have talked about those guys. Like you said, I mean, they're pretty average-looking dudes. It's kind of a fucked-up gimmick, and maybe they're trying to push them. And that's this a very like good the, outlook. Someone should tell yeah, Lance Stone, you better start watching the show. That's, 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 that's I, I, actually, I, I actually like this kind of stuff because it plays on reality. We're all talking about it, which is good, because you know, it's it's more believable than this stupid firing angle that, that they have with uh, the the who what was the three guys that got fired last night? They didn't really get fired. Oh, right, they were going to TNA. <laughs> <laughs> well, they actually want to be on a show people watch. See, I think that that's more. I mean, like that that kind of stuff is more believable. The ones buying that those guys got fired because if they would have got fired they wouldn't be talking on camera there wouldn't be camera of WWE talking about them being fired they'd be gone like like they you're said if it happens put, on camera it's it's not it's not a you're trying to put too much logic into it this is wrestling damn it <laughs> but uh no i thought that that was a an interesting uh you know concept if they if they're actually doing it on purpose it's kind of you know it's brilliant cuz it's getting these guys that were not going to get talked about talked about and hated, really hated, because a lot of the pro wrestling, you know, loyalists that, you know, that go back any time, they're going to be upset about it. So I, I think it's good. But I, I had a question for you, Bob. Yeah, um, but I want to let you know that you have a great analogy, and I believe that's a great outlook. And because of that, I feel like a complete moron, and I'm going to hang up and never talk to you again. Thanks a lot. <laughs> uh, that's what I'm here We're for, Bob. We're supposed to be negative, not positive. Uh, you know, I'm not the negative guy that everybody thinks I am. Um, but here's just one thing I wanted to ask you: when when was it when you first realized uh, that wrestling was not? I won't say the f word, but uh, it wasn't what it uh, appeared to be. When I first realized, one hundred percent that it was that it was a work. 
when the great Malenko took me in the ring and he said, look, this is a work. That's exactly what I found out, too. I mean, always you had your, you know, say, well, that didn't hit or that match, you know, that guy didn't really, you missed him with a drop kick and he still fell down, whatever. But when you absolutely positively 100% knew was when you went in the ring with a legend like Malenko and he told you point blank. And I still think that 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 exists to this day. What? You know, we can all, everybody can say it's whatever, but until somebody steps in the ring and they don't know how, they don't know how it all works. Well, they think they know, but yeah, I agree with that. Half the guys that do it don't know how it really works. <laughs> yeah, because they're trained by guys who, like nowadays, everybody trains. They buy a ring off of high spots and set it up in their backyard and watch a video on how to be a pro wrestler and start teaching people how to be pro wrestlers. I I think the greatest thing that pro wrestling has is the fact that they could still, you know, they can still get people to talk about it. I mean, the the Ascension thing is perfectly you know, is that piece that, that, that makes wrestling so great. You don't know when, it, if, if they do it right. And I think they did this right if, it, if they did it. <laughs> yeah. Because we're not talking about it. Like, I, I, heard, I, I sat there and listened to you guys, and you, you were talking about it, Dave was talking about it. I've seen it all over the Facebook, the Internet, and that's pretty, I mean, if, if they're doing that, I think that they help those guys out more than it's hurt them. But what if there? But what if out of every hundred people who saw the show last night, twenty of them are Lance Storm and don't want to watch anymore at all? And out of those hundred people, and twenty are no, they're no longer watching. And they're what not getting. Show, well, you know, I mean, what like, if uh, animal shows up tomorrow? Well, people would go, oh "My God, he's out of shape." No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> don't tell <laughs> I mean, him. I haven't seen him in years. And had and had a good babyface tag team. To back him up, like uh, that Vin Balor and that uh, the Japanese guy, I forget his name. Yeah, I don't know. Because that's what I, that's that's my, what my my brain is telling me. That's what's going on. Why don't he just come out with Hawk? That's what I want to know. I, I I think you know maybe they're, they're they might do something with that because you know Hawk has a I mean uh, Animal hasn't been around for a long long time. I saw him on Facebook. He's not too happy with this, so it could all be a work. Damn wrestling hey, gets it know, all worked up know, for nothing. <laughs> maybe Leonidas' son might come in. Yeah, well, he's not going to be in anytime soon. He's doing way too well for in the Rams organization. Yeah, he's one of the top linebackers in football who? right now. He's ramming Leonidas' son. He's ramming Leonidas. Is... What? <laughs> maybe uh, his brother. Maybe his brother should stick up for the team, uh, Johnny Laranitis. You know that's that's a that's a possibility. And then they kick his ass. <laughs> I guess we just have to watch. I guess we just have to watch the show every week. I was going to stop watching altogether too. Damn it, Dave. I know, I know, I know. Now, now you guys got my interest in it because now I want to see what happens with this stupid angle. Yeah, you want to see what happens with the five-minute segment with these guys every week. Yeah. Well, do you think? Do you think? Do you think Lance Storm then is part of the angle for tweeting that? Because he, you know, he works with. I mean, he has close relations with WWE. Yeah, might be, possible I mean, nowadays. I mean, all all that's possible, and and if not, if not, it's maybe that should be. You know, maybe he comes in. I don't know. There, there should depends. be. How many Twitter followers does he have? I don't know. I'm sure a lot. I could let me go on. I'm online right now. I while you guys talk, I could look it up. Well, I, if I'm following him, I'm gonna quit following him just because of what he said. 
just because of one thing he said, just like one thing they did, I'm going to quit following him, okay? I was talking to some guys online tonight, and they were talking about this, uh, you know, they were talking about this angle, and I said, you guys are too fast to be critics. What happened to being fans? You know, just follow the story and see where it goes. I mean, yeah, you know, when it comes to that, you're sitting in front of your computer or your phone and it happens and you're just kind of like, oh, I got to write about this. I mean, I do it too. I'm an idiot that way when I see something that I think is disrespectful or stupid. But I agree with what you said, though. This is all work and we're all fools. We're all fools. Well, he has 167,000 followers. Okay, go ahead. Um, here's a, here's another way to look at these things. Um, you know, um, as as a pro wrestling fan, uh, I'm speaking to them right now. Um, you wouldn't go to a movie and try to tell the director how to write the next Star Wars thing. Maybe you would, but you wouldn't be very successful at it. Nowadays they would. I mean, people rag on movies all the time. That's like Cisco and Ebert were doing that for years. They made a fortune doing that. Yeah, but I think it's... Hell, you know, of... nowadays, even... Even a description of a movie gives you negatives. They don't even tell you what the movie's about anymore. They have an opinion about it. I was, re- I was the other night. I was looking at a description of a movie, and it said what the movie is about. Then it said a tired story, not very funny, poorly directed. I'm like, what the hell? Who does this in the description of a movie? Let me decide. Don't tell me before I watch it what the hell I'm watching, and tell me crap before I watch it. Here's one of the things that I, uh, I think with this movie, but is how many times do you think they got greased by the the you know the 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 movie you know industry or whatever uh you know Sony or whoever was uh, producing the movie how many times do you think they got greased to say good things about the movie oh lots of times i'm sure i think everything's a work man man you know what that really? kim jing il movie was probably a work too you you know how many people want to see that movie now not me well, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, it's all this publicity. Everyone, they're making a fortune selling it on YouTube, and now everyone's waiting to to get the DVDs, and, you know, they take selected theaters, those two theaters in Seattle playing it. I think that's a big work. Hmm. Well, well, when the theater I'm, blows up, you call me. It wasn't a work at the beginning. Yeah. It definitely turned out to be one. Yeah. Well, hey, guys, Sony was under... Call- Hey, let's take this caller. We got a 606 caller. I think that's from Kentucky. 606, you're on the air? Yes, I am on the air. State this your name? Bobby Blaze. I want to speak to my main man, Bob Cook. Bobby Blaze, what are you doing, brother? Punching pro wrestling and does Terry Funk better than Terry Funk. Let me hear it one time, Cooker. I agree 100%. Oh, hey, how you doing, Bobby? Brother, I'm doing good. I've been listening to you. It's a very good show. Bob, it's great to hear from you, man. Pin me, pay me, baby. Pin me, pay me. As you step through the ring, and a great one, the great Professor Boris Malenko, that's when you knew when he says, son, this is the work. Believe nothing you hear, and only half of what you see. And sit in the corner and shut up and listen. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> You guys know Everybody who this is. You work. guys know who this is, right? I'm. Not, I didn't hear a name. Bobby Blaze. You go on Amazon, get his book. Pin me, pay me. Pin me, pay me. I have to check yeah, that out. 
What a pleasure, Bob. Thanks. And hey. I put Bob Cook over that book, too, let me tell That's you. That's right. I've been put hey, over I put Bob out there. I put Bob Cook Thank over any time, any place. He's a good plug man. Book, plug your book for the listeners to go buy it. Well, just look under Pin Me, Pay Me on Amazon and buy it. <laughs> Download it. <laughs> Get a What's copy. the book about? Uh, all that real stuff in pro wrestling. <laughs> I love it. It's about fact, guys like Bob Cook and myself going out on the road and making a living doing something we loved since we were kids. Uh, guys that like saw Terry Funk when we was a kid and realized that one day we wanted to be just like that when we grew up and we got to live a dream. That's what it's about. But I didn't really call to plug my book. I, I called to plug the greatest wrestler of all time, Terry Funk, and a man that I used to watch in Florida all the time, Bob Cook, who worked and could do everything. He and threw one of the beautifulest punches in pro wrestling. It was nothing but a complete gentleman to me, and I learned so much from just watching his matches and talking to him after matches, and I have the utmost respect for the man, and that's why I called in today to speak to my friend, but I would like to say, and I'd like to apologize on behalf of the mass superstar who treated you pretty poorly in Suncoast Core Wrestling. You know that guy was a jerk. He does. I know. He he he. he you know what though? He, he got one thing. He said, "Well, you know, he reminds me of a uh, young Bob Orton." And he said, "What's he doing nowadays?" Oh, I don't know. I think he's going to be a bartender. Oh, uh, well, he gets this sweet blonde bum from Kentucky. At you know that mass superstar. He had nothing positive to say about Bobby Blaze. I I, I will say that. But Bob Cook himself was a good guy. The mass superstar, that's a whole nother thing there. Well, that guy was going through a lot. He was a heavy drinker. He uh, was going through divorces, you know. Yeah, I've been there, done that. Still am. <laughs> I want to get married again just so I can get divorced. <laughs> that's the kind of heel I am. <laughs> that's a good heel right there. <laughs> no, that's a stupid heel because you'll be losing more money. Exactly. Yeah, I got rid of one for about 150000 plus a house and a car. So, yeah, nice. let her have it. Well, I got my house and both cars so she can suck it, not mine. There you go. Well, you're a smart man, Bob Cook. You learned something from the Lenko, didn't you? Yeah, everything, actually. <laughs> yeah, he taught us how to be men, not just wrestlers. That's right. That's what I say. If you have a great trainer, he becomes a father figure, and he doesn't just teach you how to do a headlock take. He doesn't just teach you how to do a wrist lock or an arm drag. He teaches you how to become a man, success in life. Not that I have, but he taught me things that I think about today, things that take they take with me throughout the rest of my life. Absolutely. I, I, there's not that goes by that I don't think about them uh, in some aspect of my life. Uh, because, again, it's kind of like what you said, not because I grew up or because I've become a, a man or a better man, but uh, I, at least I learned the lessons about how to be a man and how to be a better man because of the lessons he taught me. I probably learned more out of the ring from him than I did in the ring, and that's saying a lot because I learned everything I knew in the ring from him. Exactly, and the, the word the great Malenko, the word great was not just a gimmick with him. It was a real-life Situation. That was a shoot. The great, great, the great one, no doubt. Anybody who didn't have the honor of meeting him and learning from him, I feel sorry for you. Yeah, and you know, you mentioned something. Oh, nowadays people buy a ring off house boss, put her backyard, and 
you got these goose being trained by goose that's never been trained. And, you know, I just, I, 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 hate, I hate to even name drop, but I just, uh, uh, Sean Watman just hit me up on Twitter the other day. Someone found a, a video and uh, put it on there. It was from uh, the Malenko Training uh, Academy there. And uh, just just gentleman up here that I know, he said, hey, I think I saw a wing lock on there. And he tagged a couple people in it. And Sean came back and said he had been to some of the greatest wrestling schools in the world, and no one taught the way Larry, Professor Boris Malenko, taught the art and had the knowledge of wrestling and the way he passed it on. And I thought that was just great because you just don't see people nowadays learning the basics all the way through the advanced styles that, that you had the opportunity to learn from the great one. And, and, and that's, that's, that's really sad that, that people um, get involved in a sport nowadays that, that never had the pleasure uh, of working with a true professional that would take you in a ring and teach you a headlock and a takedown, uh, a wing lock and a top wrist lock, all the way through the most advanced moves, but also take you outside the ring and um, uh, treat you like a father, uh, uh, treat you like a son, and he becomes a father figure to you. To me, people out there nowadays that's lost on the highway somewhere, not knowing where they're going, um, at least we had some good direction at the very beginning of our careers by following, you know, um, the training of what Malenko taught us. That's right, and the reason those guys don't train guys like that today is because they themselves don't know how to do it. You ask a guy today how to do a bottom wrist lock takedown, they look at you like you're speaking a foreign language. Right. <laughs> yep, that, that was because the point you probably were speaking a foreign language because there's too many goddamn illegal aliens in this country. Did I just say that? I think I did. Feel free to say it. <laughs> That's where the underground comes in, right? There, there may be a whole lot of illegal aliens here, but you still woke up in America. So, by God, you can say it, and you just did. <laughs> no, Luke Underground is a work. All those guys under masks are Americans. You know it. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, they're making American money, I work guess. With you know, you work with me. All Robert Rodriguez's money. <laughs> I kind of marked out when I saw Machete in the front row. Yeah, that was cool. <laughs> I'd rather see Jessica Alba Daddy Trejo is Robert Rodriguez's cousin in real life So there you go Why not get a fucking Hollywood to be right there Your front row of your TV show hey, It works for me uh, Ben's yeah. doing it all the time right? ben, Ben's will put celebrities on every fucking week You gotta have someone hosting So that's the problem. I, to me, all the companies have been doing it around trying to do something different. It's not fair. I want some celebrities here. I want Jennifer Aniston. I want Jessica Alba. I want them here at my house. I want Michelle Rodriguez at my house. Well, that too. <laughs> With or without that eye patch. <laughs> yeah, I don't give a shit. She got the damn leg or the eye patch. <laughs> hey, well, guys, uh, I have a question for you. Um. What do you think is the biggest thing that holds uh, pro wrestling back right now? As in, um, do you think that they copy? I guess, do you think that they copy too much of the WWE style, and that's why that everybody thinks that anybody that's not wrestling on a WWE card, it's the the lower level or the minor leagues of pro wrestling. Well, that's because it is actually. How do you, how do we get that back? You don't. It's all. It's a lost cause. I'm telling you. It's a lost. Cause. I'm just kidding. I don't. Who knows? I mean, you got. One reason is back in the old days, you didn't have ten people telling everybody else what to do, what to do for the most part. Yeah. 
You had one guy. You know what I noticed? They were the bookers, and you did what they said. And if you didn't like it, you got the hell out. You know what I noticed though in the indie scene, there there's no creativity. Every time you see like, like uh, I'll just use Undertaker just for an example. Undertaker first came out, then everyone in the indie scene wanted to be Undertaker, and everything. Every time something went over in WWF, WWE, they'd want to portray that in independent circuit, and there's no creativity. Everyone wants to copy and emulate WWE. Well, you've answered your own question. And, and and I see this a lot. I go to a few shows a month, and this is what I see. The, they try to emulate what they see on TV. First of all, go back to what Bob and I said. They haven't been trained. They have no originality because they, they, only, they can only try to copy what they've seen on some video or some, some DVD or, or YouTube, uh, someone training in their backyard, or they see something on WWE. And these independent shows, they'll come out and they'll do like a 20-minute promo. And I'm like, you're a fucking idiot. You don't do that because you don't have any goddamn TV out there. You are a wrestling show promoting professional wrestling. You're not a, you're not a television show that happens to have some, some wrestling on it. So people from the very beginning that start running these independent wrestling shows, what they do is get out there and, and, and they covet that which they see. And I, and I use that term a lot. They covet that which they see. And all they see is WWE TV, and they think that is professional wrestling. And, and half these goofballs don't even go to fucking end on these indie shows. They don't even have enough. They don't even go to the WWE house shows or TNA house shows. And, I, and I've been to both. Go to go watch these guys work. These guys work to get there. It takes years of training to get there. And it burns my ass that people think, oh, I can go to training for a couple of days and and, and and they're already talking about taking a bump, and I can tell you it's not, and I don't even use the F word. If I use the F word, I say fuck. So I'm not going to use the F word. But I just say this. There's a bunch of goose out there that try to emulate or covet that which they see on TV, and they fuck it up from the very beginning. And so like Bob said, I don't even know if you do get it back. Uh, the only way you get it back is when you get a company that says, you know what, I'm in charge. This is my booker. You have an owner or a booker, and, and this is what we're going to do. This is the direction we're going, and, and, and we're going to run professional wrestling the way it used to be. It, it, that's the way it should be. You don't have ten fucking people that are all writers, and, and, and no one has any ideas about wrestling, or you got a, a ten fucking backyarders that say, hey, we all pitched in and bought a ring, so this week, Bob, you be the champion. Next week, Bobby, you be the champion. Next week, John Joe, you know, it, yep. you just, it's, it's hard to get it back because there's a bunch of fucking goose. So, my, so you think, I think it has to do with the originality. I think that you have to be innovative in, in a way to almost almost show them that you're doing something different than WWE and everybody else. You know what would be something different? Fucking go out there and wrestle. Work. I talked <laughs> to Ricky Morton I talked to Ricky Morton two or three times in just in the last couple months. He's fifty fucking eight years old. He probably don't even want me telling people that but the truth is that's what he does and he, and he wrestles full fucking time he runs a school. And you know what he does? He gets out there and fucking works. And he works if there's 15 people or 1,500 people, which they drew down there in North Carolina not too long ago. We drew about 300 up here in West Virginia with him just a couple of weeks ago, and he fucking gets out there and he works. And, and, and that's all it is, and that's, that's, what they're, that's what's missing. People don't get out there and work. They do 101 fucking high spots doing bump after bump after bump and yep. make no fucking sense whatsoever, 
and they think they're a superstar, and they think that they're on fucking TV already or not, and they never will be because they don't know how to fucking work. I, I can't. I completely agree with you. I think that they they try to put all these matches in the can. They try to have these matches where they've got all these spots, and they're more worried about the spots than what the reactions are to the fans. How many times have you seen a guy, uh, you know, down, and the crowd starts getting behind him, and he just goes right into his next spot, doesn't, you know, do with the crowd. They they want to see him. They're, they're too busy going through the spots than, you know, fighting you know fighting up to when the crowd is, is in, you know, in their corner cheering them on. They're 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 already going like uh, into another spot. They're not they're not giving the fans what they want. The fans want to dictate the pace of the match. Well, well that's because they're not calling the spots. They're doing what they practiced in the back for four hours. Exactly, exactly. That's, that's it. That's they're, the, they're, in the back, you go in the back of these indie shows. You got four to eight guys all off to, with each other. And they're going over a thousand and one fucking spots they're going to do in their match. They don't watch the other matches to see what's taking place in the first match and the second match. And it, it, it really isn't that, you know, there's no use to reinvent the wheel. The, the, you go out there the first match, you have a fucking 15 minute Broadway or a guy does a roll up. You go out there the next one, you know, a guy does maybe a sunset flip. You go out the next one, and maybe, you know, each each match builds up on the card. Till you till you get to where there's some DQs and some some uh, um, yeah. more you know if someone does a fucking power bomb for a finish or if, if if someone does a DDT like Jake Roberts that done the DDT if someone else no one else does that on the whole fucking card if my finish is a Northern Light suplex then goddamn it you don't go out there in that match before me and do a Northern Light suplex and let someone kick out of it absolutely that's just the way it is and now these guys popping up out of power bombs. Going to the next spot because that's what they did, and like you said, they're not. They're, it's not even not even selling. They're not even fucking taking the time to register as to what the fans' reaction was. If Bob Cook throws that punch at me and I sell the shit out of a corner like I'm going to, I'm gonna wait, and he's gonna wait, and I'm gonna patiently be in that corner. I'm not going anywhere. I'm listening to fucking people while I sell my fucking jaw while Bob's shaking his hand off, looking at me, coming at me. And, and, and waiting for the reaction of people. How did that go over? Well, if that didn't go over, fuck, he'll go to something else. He don't have to say, hey, Bobby, that sucked. Let's go to move number 1,963 or whatever. No, he'll come over, fucking go to something else, and we work through it, and we get a reaction. That's how you work. You don't go out there and say, well, God damn, Bob, I did a sunset flip, and you didn't go down for me, and then you flopped up, and you powerbombed me, and I popped up out of that, and, and there's no reaction. It's bullshit. You Absolutely. Are different. When you're in a ring, you're in control. You are in exactly. control of their emotions. Who the fuck wants to pay money to go see themselves? You know, you want to go see a professional wrestler and a professional wrestling match. Give yep. the fans their money's worth and then some. Give them and a get reason. Some, get some wrestling yeah. gear. Don't go there with tennis shoes and shorts and t shirts. <laughs> oh, God. Here's another thing, Here's another thing that drives me deal. nuts. How, how many, how many, how many. Heels have finishers. And that, like, if you're in a competitive match with a guy and you have a, fin- a finish, and you just finished a baby face, you just took away any kind of a, you know, a shine that guy had because now people are popping on your your stupid finisher. Because you got you got heels that want to be the cool heel, and you know what that that's called a fucking baby face. 
But yeah, but they want to buy their fucking stuff down at Hot Topics or down at Walmart and get in the ring and be a cool heel. Well, you know what? You're you're not going to get anything out of that. Like you say, you're taking away from the baby face if if you have a finisher. Uh, you you have to cheat. You have to you, you have to have some kind of an angle going. You don't just unless you unless the guy's leaving a fucking territory, which who the hell knows what the hell a territory is nowadays, I don't even know. <laughs> but but anyway, unless he's leaving, you're not gonna get a clean finish. You work to the next fucking angle and that baby face and you just keep working and you work and you work and they don't do that though. Because they don't understand. They don't see it. They've had no one to teach them. There should be and, some and angelic music because, playing you know, right I, now. I'll say this. I can't speak for Bob Cook because Bob Cook's a very intelligent man. And, 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 I, and I, I sincerely mean that. I, I have a lot of respect for Bob. But I'll say this for me. It's not because I'm so smart. It's because there are a lot of other fucking idiots out there. That's the problem. <laughs> that, it, it really is. <laughs> That's the problem. There's a lot of people because there's no one in the back to tell these guys on these independent shows or no one's stepping up their game when they run these independent shows that you're responsible for someone. Like, uh, you go to the back of a WWE show. I just went to our show just a couple months back. They got fucking road agents there. And the agent runs the show and sends the report in every night after the show. And that's your report, too. And you do your stuff that you're supposed to do. It's wrestling. I saw seven matches on a house show, and every one of them was fucking phenomenal. Phenomenal. Because everyone out, went out there and worked their ass off. They done this told. No TV crew there. It wasn't a Raw, nothing like that. It was just a good old-fashioned seven-match fucking house show. But nice. they all was accountable for what they'd done that night. And that's the way it should be on the indie scene when you have a booker or you have uh, uh, an agent or, or um, someone back there that they report to, and they say, hey, goofball, you've done a fucking DDT in the first match, and that's uh, so-and-so's finishing in, in, in three matches down the line. Or, hey, idiot, get some fucking real uh, gear. Uh, don't get your stuff at Hot Topics. And by the way, like you said, you're a heel. You don't need a fucking finisher. <laughs> you know? um, that's awesome. That's That's what I wanted to hear. How about a... How about an indie show where they're only going to be in the one building at one time, and they let the heels win the main event? <laughs> how about how about how about this? Um, why don't we fucking get rid of all these promoters that have never been in the business and just lets these guys run amok? That's the I, I think that's the hugest problem is that there's so many indie promoters that never have never laced up a boot, never went to, never been to any kind of training, and then they, they're in charge of a fucking show, and then they're not paying attention to what the guys are doing. Well, that's because there's and no regulations for that. And stop using free backyarders and pay talent. Pay the boys that know how to work and stop being greedy. Well, because you got a bunch of other fucking idiots, first of all, think they're promoters, never promoted anything, like you said, and, and, they, and they get their income tax money back and they, they buy a ring and they say, well, we're going to run one show <laughs> once a month and, and we're going to be happy drawing our 40 fucking people. We're, we're going to mm-hmm. not pay anyone because we've got all these guys that, that you shake a tree uh, up any hollow or any fucking uh, city park, and a bunch of guys come out and say, hey, I'm a wrestler. Well, you, you know what? You might be a wrestler, but you're not a fucking worker. And they're over there, and they're saying, well, I'll do it for free. And I got a guy saying, well, you know, I need 100 bucks for this, or I need 250 for this plus trans, and, and I've got experience. And I said, well, you know, now here's the thing. Uh, this is a fundraiser. And, and and no one's getting paid on it. So you got all these guys that fucking show up yep. at work 
Then, then the guy, he calls his 40 fucking people. He's excited as hell, and he comes in the locker room, and he says, guys, what a great fucking show. Uh, that was wonderful. I, 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 the nice payoff, I'd love to pay everyone here a hot dog and a Coke, but goddamn, we sold all the hot dogs. Uh, here's a Coke, guys, now get out of here. And a fucking guy sneaks out the back with the, you know, $200 he might have fucking pocketed off the uh, the 40 people there, $5 a pop or whatever, but he ain't even fucking give these guys a damn bag of stale popcorn or a fucking hot dog. He's lucky to give them a Coke, and everyone's going, hey, Bob Cook, guess what I did? I drove 200 miles the other day, and I got $5. And, man, I had a match you wouldn't believe. I did a power bomb, and I did this and did that. Well, you know what? There's a name for that. It's called being a fucking mark. <laughs> yep. And that's what's in the locker room days. When there's 40 fucking fans out there, there's fucking 20 more in a locker room that's known as marks that think they're fucking wrestlers and they're nothing but goose and idiots. And it's, and, and then you got your other ones, like you said, the promoter there, that wannabe promoter that's never done anything involved in a sport or uh, or entertainment or promoted anything in his life, but he got him a fucking ring or he had enough money to rent one, and he's out there running a fucking show, and he's a fucking goof himself. Uh, it's just... I'm sorry. That, that's the problem that I'm having. You know, is that um, these these promoters have run down my the, the area that I live in so bad that nobody's nobody's wanting to go see pro wrestling anymore. Well, you know, you know the key to a the key to a successful promotion and getting a crowd is actually promoting the show and doing the footwork. That's one of the problems, and that's not something that's new. People not doing that. When I was wrestling back in the day, I'd go to shows once in a while, and there'd be. You know, a shitty crowd, and they and the guy go, oh, you know, I advertised, I really, you know, really got, you know, the town behind us, and you get there, and there's four, forty people there, and I, and there'd be these really cool posters at the door, and I'd ask the guy, I'd say, hey man, can I get one of those posters? I'd go, yeah, I got a whole trunk full of them. Yeah, you got a whole trunk full of them. Shouldn't you put those posters out? Yeah, I just, uh, I just been doing like, you know, I've been trying to, uh, trying a couple new things. Like I, I'm giving out like at this next show or the show after this one. This one's going to be already paid for and everything. But uh, the next one, uh, I'm giving out ten thousand free tickets. So if you have a ticket, you get in for free. But if you don't, you're going to have to pay. So uh, I'm trying to bring in new, new fans. It's not the same old. I don't want the same old, you know, grizzled wrestling. I want them to come, the wrestling fans, but they're going to be there anyways. We need to make new fans. Any 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 thoughts on how to make new fans? The people that's never pay been them, a pro wrestling fan. Pay them to go to the shows. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> how, about, how about if I do bingo and give away fucking a raffle shit off? Well, I mean, they do that everywhere, right? I mean, baseball has bobblehead night and different things that they're not drawing. I mean, they do that everywhere. Let's just point blanket. The whole world's going to hell, and we're all going with it. How do you know we're not already in hell? My neighbor, I'm sure. How do I know I'm not in hell? Because my wife's no longer here. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. So, well, guys, hey, we're running out of, we're running short on time. I want each and every one of you to give your last your parting words and plug whatever you want. Have your last rants. Just go for it. Go ahead, Dave. Just I just want to say, you know, uh, thanks for having me on, and uh, you know, don't don't be so fast to be a critic. You know, be a fan first. Even even to the boys, be a fan first. Don't be a critic, 
and uh, you know, be a good be a good uh, example for the the rest of the fans out there. Well, I would like to oh, say man, that about- I hate everyone and everything. I'm going to shut off my cable and my internet, and I'm going to hide away from life for the rest of it. <laughs> and go How to Evil Bobby Evil Legends Club dot com. Damn it! What is it? Legends How- Club. Go to Google and search for Evil Knievel's Legends Club and join it. It's free, and if you love evil, you'll love it. Hey, that's pretty good. I like that. That's another reason why I love Bob Cook, because he's an Evil Knievel fan like myself, uh, and he's a Terry Funk fan like myself, and we got along since day one because we liked a lot of the same things, and we're both around the same age. And and, and that's uh, and Bob, I, I want to just say thank you for... Um, uh, everything you've done to help me, and uh, uh, my plug is this: Bob Cook has one of the greatest punches in professional wrestling of all time. He does a great Terry Funk impersonation. He does a always cute to kid him. He does Terry Funk better than Terry Funk does Terry Funk. And buy the book, pin me, pay me, have boost for travel on Amazon.com. You can download it or you can buy a copy. And it's right there. Just type in Pin Me, Pay Me, and you'll see my book. Buy it, and you'll read a little bit about Bob Cook. And by God, when I write a second one, I put Bob Cook in it again. Because like I said, I put Bob Cook over any place, anywhere, whether it be in front of 440, 400, or 40,000 fans, I'd put him over right in the middle of the ring. But since he's a fucking heel, I probably wouldn't put him over clean. But I would put him over. <laughs> yeah, we'll have a, we'll have a match, know, and the first one that blows up loses. That'll last about three seconds. I was going to lay down on you. Fuck it. <laughs> you know what, Bobby? I'm going to read that book. I hit the road for me up, please. <laughs> you know, Bobby, I'm going to read the book. I'm going to do a book report and have you back on if you'd come back on. Please do. Be my pleasure. And have Bob Cook call in. <laughs> of course, of course. All you guys are welcome here anytime. Well, guys, thank you again for taking my call, and I and I do enjoy the show, and I appreciate it very much. Thank you. No, thank you, thank you, calling in. You were an awesome addition. Uh, thank you, Bobby Blaze. I want to say thank you again, once again, Bob Cook. You're a true gentleman, and I love your rants. And Mr. Dave Hollenbeck, the founder of HPG Pro, and my buddy. What can I say? You were right about the whole UFC, MMA, and WWE thing. <laughs> and All right, well, you guys have a good night. All right, guys. Well, thank you, and I'll be back right after these commercial messages with some parting words. Thank you. Did you know you could support this podcast by going to RadioTakedown.com and click on the Amazon link? It's easy to do. See, when you go to our website, RadioTakedown.com, and go to the Amazon link, and buy your stuff, this podcast gets a kickback, and it will help keep this podcast free to you listeners. The best thing about it, it doesn't cost you any more money to do it. So please, go to RadioTakedown.com, hit the Amazon link to buy your stuff. There's even an Amazon Canada and an Amazon UK. Thank you for all your support, and that's RadioTakedown.com. To be a lion, you must train with lions. Go see Professor Michael Proctor at the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu Academy of Tacoma. For more information, go to 253-BJJ.com or call 
8197. Welcome back. It was a great show. Thanks for Bobby Blaze calling in and I love your rants, Dave Hollenbeck. Um, before I end this show, here are some words of advice. Everyone, just be nice. It will go a long way. Also, I want to send my prayers out to my very special Habibi with a very speedy recovery with your arm injury. I can't wait to see you. You know, I found this on YouTube, downloaded by Nice Peter, that's his name, and go check the video out. I'm going to leave you with the Hulk Hogan and Macho Man versus Tim Jong-il, Epic Rap Battles of History 5. Epic Rap Battles of Hogan! Tim Jong-il! Hulk Hogan! The name Kim Jong, I got a license to ill Make you swallow my rhymes like a steroid pill Your body looks like a spray tan banana With a woe mustache and a wag bandana I'm coming at you like the age of Ric Flair Bitch, I'm suplexed you by your freaking dick hair Your whole family's a bunch of Barbies, dude You want beef? Eat this Korean barbecue You got a ringside seat to your own smackdown, brother You look like Sonic the Hedgehog, mother You're a freak, a phony, a rice jabroni I'm gonna bounce you like a check for my alimony Come on, dude, all the little holsters know I'll hang you from the ropes like a South Park puppet show I'll choke hold you hostage like Laura Ling Brother, I'll leg drop your ass back to Beijing Beijing is in China, you blonde asshole I'm a god among men, you're a suburban commando North Korea, bitch, let me give you a tour By the way, your wife says my dick is bigger than yours Hulk Hogan, don't stop! I don't know if he can finish the battle! He, he's reaching for the rope! Ooh, yeah! Supposed to get real! Watch me snap into a slim Jim Kim Jong Il! I don't want to dance little bitches with glasses! I want bitches to step up! I saw bitches asses! My two men, there is no equal! So spend the time rapping and not being a people! I'll go drop your whole nation on perhaps the entire World Wrestling Federation. Ooh, yeah. Who won? Who's next? You decide. What are you listening to? Dabashi's talk show. No, Dabashi's. Dabashi's. Radio! Radio! Take down! Take down! Hush! 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 This is Theifola, the Butcher Dobashi. Please share, follow, and or subscribe on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and on most of your major podcast platforms. That way you'll get notifications and you will not miss a single daily spit. I am also ordained... And I can marry you and give you all your blessing needs. Send your booking request to debashibookings at gmail.com. For all the links, go to lyricalspit.com. And I'll talk with you tomorrow with my daily message. My daily spit. Help keep this show free by buying some of our swag of apparel 
at butcherspit.com. We have t-shirts, hoodies, and even baby onesies. That's butcherspit.com.